ESPN Las Vegas shows at LVSportsNetwork.com. KWWN Las Vegas and KLAV Las Vegas. From the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. Giannis on the near wing left, defender by Brown, drives in on Brown, attacks inside and sends it down with a right hand dunk. What a move. He's going to drive, kick out to the corner, waiting, Horford, three, got another one. <laughs> man almighty, where did that man, he did sell his soul to the devil. Curry stumbles on the drive, two to shoot, backs up, baseline, jumper good. Ridiculous. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go. Tuesday, John Von Tobel is the company. It's Cofield. Busy, busy day today as um, we've got an Aces game. Our Las Vegas Aces out to a 2-0 start, looking to go 3-0 on the road against the Mystics. So we'll get into that pretty heavily in our number one. Lots of Raiders, lots of NFL. It is scheduled release week, so we found out about another game that's coming down this 2022 season. So we'll get into that with Miles Simmons, our football insider from Pro Football Talk, and uh, the cavalcade of new, hopefully, Raider stars continues. Another Raiders draft pick is coming on. Fifth-round pick, Matthew Butler, expected to join us in the 5 o'clock hour. It's the three on Cofield and Company. NBA coming up. So we come out of the gates. Little Aces talk. Now, we haven't talked a lot of Aces the last couple years, and I never really talked about it on the air, but the reason I didn't is because of Liz Cambage being on the team. It's not a subject I wanted to tackle. She's a creep, and I really didn't want to cover the Aces with a sullied figure like that. And frankly, it's it's not really worth it talking about her if you get into her issues and how she's let down so many teams over the years. You may have some claim that you're racist hurled your way. So I was like, yeah, you know what? Not worth it. Not worth it. Which is a shame because the Aces the last couple of years have been a you know, really good story, but they did nothing to admonish the big Liz for some of the stuff she did locally and nationally. You know, when she went after the, uh, the you know, little white guy, coach of Connecticut, who yeah. was making a comment about, you know, her drawing fouls and, you know, how big she was. And of course, these, you know, what happens is when you're a victim all the time, you get to weaponize anything anyone says. So the reason I wanted to tackle this today is the team is out to a 2-0 start. We had Cindy Brunson, who's you know, a pretty big play-by-play figure in women's basketball on about two months ago, and she kind of slipped it in there, right? She's talking about the aces and the season they could have, and she said, addition by subtraction. Liz Cambage off to L.A. Addition by subtraction, right? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Okay, that was, that, that was interesting. I think she had 20 and 11 the other night, in addition by subtraction. She seems like a pretty good basketball player. Uh, let's see. I mean, you want to tie her to some figures on the male side? Listen, Antonio Brown's a tremendous player, right? But he's a giant pain in the ass. Buccaneers, addition by subtraction. They'll find someone to replace his production. But you can't have someone who's bringing drama all the time and drama within the team, right? So, 
John found this stuff. This is great. Now, you remember, this lady pulled out of the Aussie Olympic team at the very last minute. They had a disappointing Olympics for them. They're generally a top five team in the world. And she threw out all these claims. Again, racist. You know, people aren't backing her up. But there was a little story in there about her getting into a brawl. And, you know, unfortunately, this stuff doesn't get covered because women's basketball doesn't get enough coverage. But I'll also say this is part of the coverage. And I think people are afraid to cover this part of it. You know, if we cover, you know, you know my annoyance with a Draymond Green, right? It gets covered. We just mentioned Antonio Brown. It's get, it gets covered. You know, and potentially ultimate creepo. I don't know what he did. I don't know how serious this whole thing is. I don't believe it's just a he said, she said, but we cover Trevor Bauer, right? I'm not saying she's Trevor Bauer, but... You cover both sides of the story. And unfortunately, I think a lot of times media people are like, eh, let's not get into this. Well, you found a piece of audio from an Australian news program. It kind of kind of looks like, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of it. I looked it up and now I already forgot it. But uh, The Offsiders, it's called. Oh, yeah, the yeah. Offsiders. And I really, the lead host on this, I, I really liked her because uh, she clearly you know, has an opinion. Kelly Underwood has an opinion on, on Liz. But... Um, yeah, they started getting into this and the fact that uh, Liz Campbell just had a big feature in the New York Times. The New York Times did a double-page spread on her. Can you believe this, Caro? They love her in America and they did Didn't not... Didn't read anything about Australia There was no story. mention of Australia. There was no mention of the falling out with the Opals. Mm, first of all, Kelly, she's not loved in America. Not mm. universally. Because there are a lot of us who know the story. You know? Certainly we know it here. Again, we didn't cover it because what's the freaking point of getting into it if you're just going to have someone respond with racist, 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 right? We had Amber Dixon get into it with Liz Cambage a couple of years ago because she criticized her for posing naked in Playboy. Just said, hey, maybe it's not the best look when you're a female pioneer. Whatever. It's a good debate, right? It's a good discussion to be had. Racist! White lady, racist! Okay. Can't have discussions like this. Can't have discussions like this, but... You heard at the end, they're peeved. I'm trying to think who's like an American men's basketball player who just would drop out two days before, who's constantly been drama, would drop off the U.S. Olympic team. Can you imagine I mean, the reaction of American sports fans if a controversial NBA player did that at the last minute to the U.S. Olympic team or the U.S. You know, World uh, Game, whatever, championship game, look what's, championship team? Look what's happening with Ben Simmons. Right, the vitriol that that guy's Look facing. Look at the treatment he gets, right? Over everything that he's been doing, yeah. Right? I mean, that, that thing's gotten so heated. It's crazy. Stephen A's going after him. You got Stephon Marbury calling Stephen A and Uncle Tom. Jamie Foxx chimed in on it. Like, whoa, okay. This, by, by the way, this does deserve coverage. And in Australia, they're pissed. Right? She, the, the, the other lady on the program is like, not even a mention of us. Not even a mention of us. And this all started in that um, training game or the, the pre-Olympics game when you played Nigeria. And, and it's never really emerged what happened, but I've had it confirmed from a few sources. Is it correct that they were playing Nigeria and Liz Cambage was, had her feathers ruffled and she turned to them and said, go back to your third world country? And of course, Ezi Maggabor is, uh, is originally Nigerian, a Nigerian who's now living in Australia and playing for your team. And as a re- result, there was a brawl that erupted. And since then, you haven't spoken to her. That is all 100% correct. Will she ever play for Australia again, do you think? No. Wow. 
She doesn't want to play for her home country. They don't want her. And Andrew Bogut's spoken out on this because you know he's involved in the you know, Australian men's basketball legend. Yeah, that was uh, Jenna O'Hay who's like, nope, nope, and con- and basically confirming uh, she did throw an insult towards a Nigerian player. Go back to your third world country. So, mm-hmm. and remember, this is the person who called a local sportscaster a racist, made reference to little white guy, WNBA coach, constantly complaining, and as. Uh, that Kelly Underwood put it, uh, walking headline, basically. But not surprising, I would say, given what we know about everything with her and the way that she's acted mm-hmm. in certain situations. Yep. And like you said, I, I find this an interesting topic because of all of the things that you mentioned. Generally, these sort of things, they are treated with, I guess, you, I don't know if you want to call it kid clubs. you got to tiptoe around it. Talk about it all the time. You know, if you want equal, equal coverage, we had this with Hope Solo, right? When Hope Solo was going through all the things that she was doing. Did I hold back and talking about Hope Solo over the years? Right. Absolute creep. And she, and she just got in trouble again right. recently. She's a jerk. But there's and you and you can and you can you can label someone a jerk. It doesn't right. the gender does not matter. She's a jerk. And what and I, a violent jerk and a dangerous jerk. Yeah. And so she doesn't Liz Kimbasia does not seem to be the greatest person at this point right now, no, given everything creep. we know. And the dynamics of all of this, just in terms of media coverage, how it how it works from a sports perspective, where she's got teammates on her team right now, the Los Angeles Sparks, who have parents from Nigeria. She's reportedly part Nigerian as well. If you listen to everything that's out there about this, that perspective too, how this plays as you kind of move forward. And like you said, it seems that every spot she's been to, she's worn out her welcome. Mm-hmm. And now it's a it, like from a sports perspective, interesting because I know we don't cover the NBA, WNBA entirely. The Sparks are a team that have rebuilt. That seems like they're going to be kind of on the come here a little bit. They're going to be better this year, but then something like this happens, I, and I, then you have teammates that are going to have to deal with it too. I can't wait for this, the uh, the Aces to take on the Sparks. <laughs> I hope they freaking smash them and smash her. Yeah. I'm I'm a hundred percent behind the Aces. This one. I was a hundred percent behind the Aces the other day against the Mercury with. Uh, you know, sore loser Diana Taurasi, who uh, you know broke a door last year in the Chicago sh- uh, sky, rubbed it in by bringing the door that to the uh, parade celebration. So it was good. awesome. Then Taurasi refused in two different press opportunities to talk about it. I think it's dynamite. I think it adds to the sport. You got to cover the personalities. That's that's all part of it. Coming up, let's get an update on John Morant. Listen, I told you yesterday. I told everyone last week when a series starts to get physical. And some of the surrounding players are the ones getting hurt. At some point, one of the teams is going to take out a star. And it looks like now John Morant didn't play last night. Now he's gone for good. Broke the code. Let's talk broke the code as the Grizz can't win the game last night. And GSW got exactly what it wanted. Now John Morant is out for the playoffs. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Steven, you're 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 a big guy. I'm curious uh, if you could just kind of speak. What do you mean to, by big, mate? You're very large. Are you saying I'm fit? No, never. Bloody wanker! Watch yourself. <laughs> now back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. 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 Steven Adams busting chops. He is gigantic. Watching the game last night, I was like, "Wait, who was that?" Because he's so, he's just so friggin' wide now, and he was always big, but. You ever he, see, he actually he had, some, he had some good minutes last night. Yeah, he did. He, he was really good for them. First game back from that COVID protocol, too, so he missed some time. Looked fantastic. But looking, because you're kind of referencing it, 
looking back at like Steven Adams rookie year photos to now the tattoos, the long hair, like everything. Yeah. He's, he's definitely changed. What do they list him at? Ooh, I gotta, I think he's like six eleven. Yeah. But wait, but like, he's, gotta wait be like, yeah. he's gotta be like three twenty five. Oh, and they yeah. probably don't list him at that, but he is, he is massive. So Warriors down for most of the game. Didn't shoot. Well, what are they listening at? Like two sixty. get out of here. Yeah. He's over 300 pounds. Yeah. He's, he's a freaking wall. He's not fat. He's just he's just a gigantic. He's two at least two seventy five. You know what's funny? He was sitting next to with one of the dudes in the NBA with the biggest heads ever. Who? You didn't compare him? No. Side by side? Uh. Uh-uh. All right. We'll look it up. Okay. We'll look it up. I'm surprised. He's a he's a strange he's a strange looking dude. Are you talking about in this video? Like where yes, he was sitting in the video. Okay. Yes. I gotta I gotta refresh my memory who was sitting next to too. All right, let me look at this. <laughs> He's always been a bizarre looking guy. Going back to his days playing for Bob Hurley. Oh at okay. St. Anthony in New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty big dome. Yeah. Kyle Anderson's always been yeah. one with a uh, a giant dome, and he is dwarfed by the uh, massive man, Stephen Adams. So physical game, got a little bit bogged down down the stretch, and this is where you really see John Morant as a point guard and his you know missing a point guard. Uh, Tyus Jones did a good job; he scored a little bit, but he's not a true point guard. He's not he's a very he's not very big either. Not that John Morant's gigantic, but he's a much better true point guard. Um, they just didn't have enough scoring, and I, I will give credit, John Golden State. Uh, Draymond had the block of. Uh, now I'm blanking on his name. Who's your who's your uh, who's your guy with the uh, you're pushing for? Oh, Desmond Bain. No, Jaron Jackson. Oh, Jaron Jackson yeah, for, for defensive defensive player of the year. Um, he had a block on him, but I actually thought um, a couple of things. And I know you want to talk about Dylan Brooks, but the other thing is uh, as bad a rap as Wiggins gets, and Wiggins got a rap kind of not being a gamer, not putting 100% forth when he was first coming into the NBA. He does play good defense. And if you notice, they had Wiggins at 6'7", six, 6'8", six, covering the point for most of the fourth quarter, and he was awesome on switches. Well, that's they've, they've been doing that since uh, Gary Payton II got hurt. Gary Payton II was going to be the guy that took on a majority of the defensive assignments on John Morant, a majority of the defensive assignments when he was on the floor of just the opposing point guard. And since that injury, it, that's been Wiggins' job, and he's done a pretty good job. Up to this point, and I think to your point about Wiggins, like this year with like this time with Golden State, specifically this year too, it's kind of like cleansed the image a little bit. And you know, he's more of a role player now as opposed to being the guy that he was supposed to be for Minnesota. But he's totally rehabbed his image as an NBA player, effort guy all the way around. And it kind of speaks to what Golden State does yep. as a team, right? <laughs> Development, and all that kind of stuff. And you can't make mistakes. So Memphis made too many mistakes. Yep. You know, Dylan Brooks down the stretch. That was bad. He's chucking a, an air ball late. Uh, he kicked one in the crowd on another play, and some of his switching was crap, too. What was, so, what was so bad about that play, though, right, is he eats, like, 10 seconds on the shot clock, like, trying to do, like, the dribble jab step, blah, 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 and then, like, he takes one step to go actually attack, and he bounces off his foot and goes into the crowd. Mm-hmm. But, like, and it's not just Brooks' fault, either. You know, that's, that's on Taylor Jenkins. Like, at some point, I think you take that guy out. You mentioned it. Like, he's supposed to be your defensive stopper. Wasn't really incredible on the defensive end of the floor. Offensively, he's been a black hole in terms of just chucking up shots and not hitting them. You mentioned his penultimate shot, which uh, was terrible in terms of taking a three when you didn't really need one in that instance. So, like, it's not any one guy's fault, but I think it's pretty easy to look at a guy like Dylan Brooks and how many wasted off- offensive possessions they had with him and think, like, bro, like, you got to switch up the game plan at some point. But at least he hit the three at the end of the game to cover the second half spread. Wasn't that crazy? Yeah. 
I don't think they come back with another win after that loss. No. I don't like to get into the psyche of basketball too much because I think they're one-offs, but they played such a good game. They led consistently. They still freaking lost. Yep. That's crushing. By the way, I don't need to sit here and, and add to uh, his praise and accolades, but Steph Curry was ridiculous when it counted the most. Right. And to your point about the future of the series, like you said, John Morant is done for, it seems like, the rest of the postseason. Doubtful to return for the postseason. With doubtful, the report yeah. He's not out. Doubtful. Yeah. But, I mean, that's doubtful for the rest of the postseason. So, yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's not playing in this next game for the Memphis Grizzlies. And now you're going to have to replicate. Because, like, the Grizzlies are good defensively. And they're better defensively. I want to specify that. Better defensively without John Morant. They're not a better team without John Morant. But they're better defensively. And you saw it in that game. Why? But you said it. Like, the thing that they miss the most they don't have a creator in the half court like Ja. Like they don't. When the, when those get bogged down and you're just walking up and you got to get a half court set and you need a bucket out of it, they they got nothing. But I love what they're building. Oh yeah, you have to right get, get some more reliable scoring weapons. But you know their size, their defense. Jaron Jackson is really good. Yeah. Well, and, he, like, and unfortunately, he got stuck on Steph a couple of times, and it was like, okay, this is a little bit rough. But he know, held six, his own in some of those possessions, he didn't, get, he didn't get destroyed, but there were a couple of – there were some confusing moments on defense where Steph had some blow-bys. Yeah. I mean, he's an impossible guy to cover because you're like – he from right at the line, um, I don't even know what the percentages are. He must be – he's got to be 50-plus percent, plus he takes so many that are five feet behind the line. But you're so cognizant of trying to freaking close out to the line. If he does a blow-by, you're screwed. Yeah, and – I would say, too, with Jackson, like you saw multiple possessions. Like he handled Jordan Poole pretty well, uh, swatted him a couple of times, swallowed him up on a couple of defensive possessions. But Curry is just a different animal. Like Poole's been awesome, but Curry is so smart, too, and like faking in one direction, getting you to go in one direction, then going the other. Like he knows what he wants to do the entire time. And he got, he got taken advantage of a little bit. Curry's also got the refs. Worked pretty well. What are you talking about? That was a horrendous foul at the end of the Desmond, uh Desmond Main push in the back. There was a little bit of contact. Steph launched himself because there was another. There was another uh, left wing three where Steph kind of threw himself to the ground, and the refs were actually disciplined enough to see that he, right. n- there was really no contact from Kyle Anderson. He kind of threw himself to the floor. They didn't call it there, but you know he gets a couple here and there, and that's that. That makes a gigantic difference. And the other story of the game is Mike Brown. How cool is that? Yeah, Kings coach, and then he has to fill in last minute because Kerr's got COVID. And oh. they go out and win. And there were a lot, believe me, there were a lot of jokes that if oh. they lost the game, you know, he was going to lose the game and get fired in the same day, you know, by the Kings. I made one of them. I mean, I made a joke as I well. Did. Like, if you're the Kings. I couldn't even differentiate. There were so many jokes along those lines. If you're the Kings watching the first three and a half quarters of this game, you're like, <laughs> like, we're really doing this, huh? Like, okay. Like, ah, you know, it's tough. Well, he also said after the game, I think it was like, I think at 15, he said that he officially found out, or it might have been 545, huh. that he's, uh, that Kerr was like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm, I'm not coaching. So. Kind of in a tough uh, spot. We've seen the history of fill-ins for Steve Carr do okay in the past. So, I mean, Luke Walton of... apparently benefited from being the coach. Wasn't his record like a one hundred and one? Yeah, it was, it was insane. And then obviously he, you know, he flopped. Well, I was going to say multiple they, spots. I mean, as a head coach, where he's going? <laughs> you see, right, Sacramento. Uh, that he's filling the void of a guy who got fired because he was the interim coach for the Golden State Warriors. Can I point out one thing? And we'll build on this later. The inconsistency from ref to ref on what is allowed in terms of anger or celebration, mm-hmm. the consistency, uh, consistency around the NBA is stupid. So Draymond Green got a what he thought was a tie-up or a near steal near midcourt. He starts running around, and he's just, like, moving his arms and flipping out, like, doing a lap in the backcourt. 
We're like, Strymon, let him blow off steam. Everyone back off. Did you see the technical on Giannis last night for giving Horford a look? Yeah. That's that's not right. No, of course it's not. And what Draymond did, like, I don't want Draymond to get a T, but after I watch Giannis dunk and go and, like, look at freaking Horford, P. And then what Draymond is doing is showing up the referees on a call and nothing. And again, I don't want to call in either case. He has to have the wine lady. Did you see that? The I want to get it. What it who, so that was great. So <laughs> who is who is she? I don't. I didn't see any details on who she is. I mean, she's uh, just, she's a Golden State Warriors fan, clearly, right. and she's sitting courtside and she's sitting right behind them as Draymond's getting it, giving it to the ref, and you can see her clear as day go, Draymond, it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> But clearly she knows Draymond because she's trying to like, dude, don't get a tech right now. Like you're trying to come back and win this game. Just relax, bro. Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota. Would love the story to be around the wonderful Opals uh, who have the World Cup on home soil later this year. But it's not, of course, <laughs> because it's about the walking human headline in Liz Cambage. Now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finlay Toyota studio. studio. Dang, Kelly Underwood, one of my favorite new broadcasters. He's not new, but new to me. Johnson over the audio. The human walking headline. Liz Cambage. Interesting story. Maybe it'll make waves. Around the WNBA. I feel like it's been undercovered, and we want to get into the Aces as well. Uh, Maggie Hendricks covers the WNBA for Bally Sports. Maggie, how you doing? I'm good. How are you, Steve? I'm good. I'm fired up. I'm fired up. I love covering stories like this, especially ones that I don't think have gotten a, a whole lot of attention. You know, from uh, MMA coverage that we did together years ago. I'm, I'm, I'm in angst. I'm in rivalries. I'm into drama. And this... Uh, this Cambodge story is is really interesting because, uh, you know, we had Cindy Brunson on about, I don't know, three months ago. We were talking about one of the local women's leagues that was going down, and she just kind of threw out casually that for the Aces, uh, Liz moving on to L.A. was addition by subtraction. And I was like, okay, that's kind of what I I thought, you know, I'd heard about uh, Cambodge in a, in a couple of cases. So what do you think about what's going on? And right now the, the Aussies are pissed, man. That The, the whole dumping out of the Olympics thing uh, did not sit well with them. Yeah, I mean that she it was fine for her to to decide to not do the Olympics. It was more the timing of it. They had no time to kind of figure things back out and and kind of plan for the fact that they weren't going to have a six foot nine player anymore. Um, They're a very good country in basketball. They love basketball. Some of the best players in the world have come from Australia. So it was a big pride thing for them to all of a sudden be a mess in the Olympics, which is exactly what they were. Let's talk about the Aces and the impact of not having, like they certainly haven't fallen apart by seeing her go to L.A. And I'm, I'm guessing it was their choice to tell her, you know what, uh, we really don't want you around here anymore. You know, it's, from everything that I have heard and seen, it was it was a mutual kind of, this isn't, this isn't working, so let's, you know, let's find the right place. And she has always wanted to be in Los Angeles. That's, that's nothing new. She's always, she loves the Hollywood. So like, of, of course she wants to be there. And so far it seems like a good place for her. Um, and definitely by the first two games, you would not think that there were any sort of loss to the uh, aces. They look fantastic. And both nights 
dropping, I believe it was 106 points on the Mercury, who went to the WNBA Finals last season and then beating the tar out of the Lynx a few days later at home. I mean, and they're getting ready to they're getting ready to play the Mystics tonight. And I just saw uh, a reporter who's there tweet about Asia Wilson just dropping threes left and right in nice. warm up. Nice, very nice. Uh, yeah. let, let's. Um, I want to get to the the the. It's not a slur, but a you know an insult that uh, apparently was the the big separator with uh, Liz and the Aussie team. But to build on the Aces and and how good they could be, I I, I everything I've heard about the Aces, they're a class organization. I also thought it was really interesting that um, Cambridge uh, said that she's looking for an organization and people who support her. You have you heard the Aces don't support their players. I haven't. I have not heard anything like that. Right. And um, I think the the quality of free agents that the Aces attract means that they they do support players. And and quite frankly, the Aces have on more than one occasion supported uh, when Liz needed a break due to her mental health, when she needed to spend a little bit more time getting healthy from COVID. Um, everything that I have seen from the outside is that they have supported her. Um, but of course, I, you know, I'm not, I don't work for, for the organization. I'm not in on every single conversation, but um, everything that I think I look at and most players look at as what support is, it sure looks like that was happening for her in Las Vegas. And I think it would have been just fine for her to say, you know, I like Las Vegas. It was fine there, but my time came to an end and now I'm in, in LA. Like, that would be completely fine to say. It just is weird mm. to me to kind of build, burn that bridge on the way out the door. Right. I wonder if she ever says that because uh, she's she's always willing to talk. Maggie Hendricks with us. Valley Sports covers the WNBA. Um, I want to play the audience uh, this clip from the Aussie News Show uh, where they explain what may have uh, happened with the breakup with the Aussie team and Liz and the story that led to a big brawl. Fire this, Ari. They were playing Nigeria and Liz Cambridge was, had her feathers ruffled and she turned to them and said, go back to your third world country. And of course, Ezi Maggabor is, uh, is originally Nigerian, a Nigerian who's now living in Australia and playing for your team. And as a re- result, there was a brawl that erupted. All right. So how does that fly in a league like the WNBA and on the Sparks with uh the uh, Agumakes, who are Nigerian. Yeah, I mean, both Neka and Chine actually uh, tried to play for Team Nigeria after they didn't make Team USA, and it didn't work out because of FIBA politics. But, yeah, I mean, it is it is a shocking thing to hear out of that, that Liz would have said that considering she has fought for Black Lives Matter. She has fought, she has fought for making sure that Black people have rights in the WNBA and in Australia. So, but more than one people, like the clip you just played, the longer thing was more than one person who was there confirming it. Mm -hmm. And now Andrew Bogut confirmed that he heard this, heard about this. So like, you know, it is, it is a really upsetting thing. And the thing is, is this isn't the first time with her, as you were saying, as she, she was referred to before the walking human headline, like a few years ago with the Chicago sky, she was calling somebody a fat slur the all game. And several players told me that it happened. Several players really got upset. And she, of course, said, no, I never said that. <laughs> and 
I, I, you know, I really don't ever want to just completely question any, and like what one player saying, no, I, that please believe me. But when it's several players and it's players like Allie Quigley, who are, are not ones who speak up saying, yes, this is something that happened. You know, you're, you you got to take it with like four shakers of salt. Well, and Maggie, I, I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> curious too. I mean, for kind of along those lines, right. It's not just multiple incidents, it's multiple incidents in which she's also tried to paint herself as like the victim or this has happened to me as opposed to her being the impetus behind some of these events. When she left, you mentioned leaving the Opals. She said a mental health. She said a fear of being in a bubble there. You know, we've seen this now multiple times where it's not even so much incidents. It's actually almost turning this back and firing it back on other people like, no, no, it's not me. It's you. Yeah. I mean, that's a big part of it. And the thing is, is like the fear of the bubble bubble. I know a lot of people in Tokyo who struggled with being in the bubble the mental health thing, that's not small. None of these things are small and they're completely reasonable for her to want to not go to the Olympics for. The problem was that it happened right after this incident with Nigeria Mm -hmm. and that there was a brawl with Nigeria. And then the other problem, of course, is that she did it so late in the game. It wasn't a shock that it was going to be a bubble. It was in the, it's in the middle of a pandemic. It's an Olympics in the middle of the pandemic. Um, it's incredible what like all of my reporter friends who went to Japan had all the hoops that they had to jump through. None of this was a surprise. So like that all of these things happened at the same time and considering her history being upset, I, I do have to tend side to tend to, to side with the Aust- Australians who are saying, yeah, this is what happened and it was bad. Aces and mystics tonight. Four o'clock. Ace uh, is a four and a half point favorite, by the way. Did you bet it? I did. Okay, there you go. What do you think of that, Maggie? We got a hardcore better here from uh, no, no. Vsin. What? You said you're getting into well, it. Right? Not a hardcore better, but Maggie, I am getting more into the WNBA. This I'm a big Why NBA not? fan, by the way. Just, just to let you know too. So uh, I have been getting more and more into the WNBA. I thought the WNBA finals last year were fantastic. Watched every second of them, and so I am in. And you kind of alluded to this. I do think that there seems to be, and you can correct me on this. Uh, this change for the Aces, they seem to be a little bit more wide open, and I think there's a pretty high ceiling for them. Yeah, I think so. And I think, I mean, honestly, almost every team has somewhat of a fall off at the beginning of the season. I mean, that's in the NBA too. That's almost in every sport from what they were at the playoffs time, which makes sense. The aces look no different to me. And I, I truly think, I, I think Bill Lambert was a great coach and did some great thing with the aces. But I think having Becky Hammond, who is able to not only focus them in a way that they haven't, she's been there in a way, even though, of course, Bill Ambeer played in the NBA and I hated him every minute of it as a <laughs> Chicago Bulls fan. Um, but even it just is a different thing when you have somebody who's been in the W with you. And I think I really think that Mark Davis making, you know, not being afraid to spend the money and getting the very best coach he could was going to is going to be the thing that brings a big old championship party to Vegas. I don't know if it's going to be this season or next, but there's going to be a championship. You tell us uh, from what you see, have the aces created kind of a rare atmosphere with the, the crowd size and also all the celebrities. I know uh, Mark Davis, you know, owns the team, but there are a bunch of Raiders at the game. I don't know if it's unique or not. There does seem to be a lot of buzz around the aces here in Vegas. You know what? It's it honestly reminds me of what the sparks can be when they have when they're clicking on all cylinders, which you know could happen this season or could not. Um, yeah, it it was that was an environment that I 
have, I don't think I've ever been in, in sports with how excited the fans were that the entire inner rim was, uh, was celebrities and people that I'm like Googling, like, wait, is that, what's his name on the Raiders? Oh yeah. Yeah, that is, you know, there was a lot of that. It was, it was, that was a really fun playoff environment. And I'm hoping I can get back to Vegas to cover more games this season because there is truly nothing like it. Let's talk about some of the big issues around the league. First of all, is there a, an issue with roster size and a need for expansion? It's both roster size and salary cap size. Right. So when the, the league put forth the new CBA and raised the, the ceiling for salaries, the unfortunate thing is that teams are, of course, rewarding all of their best players but kind of the middle ground players, the ones who have been in the league four or five years, uh, they are the ones that are kind of who would be making like one hundred to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, not the max out at two twenty five. They're the ones kind of being squeezed out. So there's a couple different issues with roster size because there's also a lot of teams that are only carrying eleven players. Hmm. So it's not even as much as the roster size as making sure that the salary cap allows for a complete roster and what's going to happen to international leagues and uh, americans participation in international leagues now that this britney griner thing is blown up well i think we're definitely not going to see any players going back to russia anytime i mean the they were already going to be coming like a lot of the players who were playing in russia were coming back as soon as all of the stuff started happening in ukraine but i think there's going to be a lot more judiciousness about being around Eastern European countries. So even like the, the women who were playing in Poland, that's a that was just a little bit too close. They came home. Hmm. Um, so I think there's going to be a bit of that. And I think there's going to be some players who just say, nah, that's not for me. It's, it's too, it's too scary because Brittany is a black gay masculine presenting kind of woman in a country that is not okay with any of those things. So, um, and they kind of like just sort of let her live and let her be because she's such a great basketball player and she helped their, her team win a lot of championships. But, you know, when international tensions get a little bit tighter with these countries, then they're like, oh, wait, no, we don't want this black gay woman in our country anymore. And, and I, I'm glad that the State Department now has taken a bigger role in this because hopefully that means that we'll get to see Brittany home sooner, much sooner than it seemed like with the court cases. Her trial's in nine days, and she's facing up to 10 years in prison. As you mentioned, the State Department changed the, the label on the whole thing. The WNBA has started to you know, be very visual in support of Griner. I saw a guy, uh, Dave Zierin, asking the question, why hasn't the NBA started to flex its muscles? Are you disappointed by the fact that and the, NBA, the league and players haven't been really vocal? I and mean, now... Time is of the essence. She's she's on trial in nine days. Yeah. No, I, I would love to see, especially right now during the playoffs when the whole world's eyes are on the NBA. Like, come on, guys. These this is there's a lot of ways that WNBA and NBA players support each other, but this would truly be a, a moment where they could use their celebrity and their voices for much more in, in speaking out in, in support of Britney. And, and it's true that at first the, the lead, like everyone close to her was saying, let's not talk about it. Be quiet. We don't want her to become a pawn for Putin, which is reasonable. So we were, we were all very quiet about it. And WNBA players, that is not a comfortable position for them to be in. They are people who will speak out always. 
So um, now what I'm hoping is that, like in many things, the WNBA players follow the W players in speaking out in this very important thing because, yeah, she she needs to be home. She just missed her, her wife's uh, law school graduation, you know? I mean, forget all the basketball stuff aside. This is this is her life that she's missing out on. Maggie Hendricks covers the WNBA, covers the Olympics, sports expert from Bally Sports. Uh, very important issue, and we'll go back to the beginning of the conversation with the Aces, and I have no idea if the WNBA has spoken out on this because there's so few details. You did see the allegations that the outgoing fired president of the Raiders said that Mark Davis had a hostile workplace, especially for women. This is a weird position for the WNBA because you got an owner here, Mark Davis, who's been great for his WNBA team, and now we're going to have to wait on the NFL to start moving on this thing. You know, WNBA is kind of between a rock and a hard place here. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Because... I mean, what do you what do you do? You get do, like now? Are they going to like make three women stand forward and be like, no, he's a great owner? <laughs> you know, I mean, I I think honestly, the smart play of the Aces would be to continue to just let the let the NFL and the and his team on that side of it, you know, deal with this stuff. And also, I what I'm hoping for is that the NFL deals with all of the owners who have had problems with this. And yes, I'm talking about Dan Snyder. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and if it, if Mark Davis needs to not be in a NFL owner or a WNBA owner because of his actions anymore, then so be it. But I think it is kind of smart of the Aces to just sort of ignore the whole situation because there's not but there's not much they can do to make it better or like they can only make it worse. I think. Maggie, awesome spot. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. There she is, Maggie Hendricks, Valley Sports, covered uh, USC and MMA for a long time, uh, was big in uh, covering the beginning, the real rise of uh, women's MMA, and now all over a league that has uh, you know, some really good talent, pretty good brand of basketball, and a lot of characters just like any sport does, and you, you know you cover the good and the bad. On the way back. We'll get to John's Angels and a big day for Shohei Otani. But the ticket window is open, 364-1100-364-1100. Show coming up. Steve Miller Band in town this weekend on the 13th and 14th. That's Friday and Saturday, Venetian Theater, 8 o'clock start. You can get your tickets at Ticketmaster.com. But we've got a pair of free tickets. Steve Miller Band, 364-1100. Caller 7364-1100. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. Now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. Otani, plus 380 to hit a home run yesterday. Two home runs, 38 to 1. Grand Slam. Angels are one of the cool stories of Major League Baseball. 20 and 11. We know Shohei's awesome. Trout's back. He looks like Trout. Uh, They're getting pretty good pitching. Syndergaard's been a good signing so far. He's healthy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the Walshes are solid. Joe Adele got out of the gates a little slow. I'm sure he'll be back up. Yeah. But good job. You're angels. By the way, Segoy is a Japanese word. It's, it's like when, you, when you're impressed by somebody or anything like that, you, you use the phrase. That's why that random, Segoy, like it came out of nowhere. Right. <laughs> That's part of the it's reason approved. why. It's good. I will say, 
So every year when it comes to the Angels, I'm very like, like their win total is like 81. And it's, yeah, it's always like, ah, just pump the brakes. I don't really think they're that good. Mm-hmm. I was watching last night. I was watching the basketball games, uh-huh. and you know what I did in my living room by myself? Major League Baseball better watch out, man! You randomly yell, or were the <laughs> yeah. kids around? Or? No, I was just kids by myself. Like, what the hell? Angels won? <laughs> you were I by was, yourself? I was pumped up. Okay. Syndergaard gives up a solo shot to Rosarena, Rosarena, and I'm like, ooh, okay, here we go. Like He's probably going to give up a couple. The offense, because it was a low score. It was scoreless for a while in that game. Then it just opened up, baby. This is a telling series, because I want to bet Tampa in every game. And I did yesterday. You're looking good for a minute. Not good enough. It's been a rough run for the last three days. But that it's team, been man. tough. And and like you like you said too, it's not just the lineup because Walsh has Walsh has improved dramatically yeah. against left-handed hitting. The the bullpen has been, you know, every bit as steady as they were saying it would be coming into the season. Twenty-five to one to win the World Series. You know, I bet him. I pay attention to uh, Velasquez. Yankee fans annoyed me last year. I, I don't know who it was. A couple of them. When Velasquez came up, you know, he's a Bronx guy. Mm-hmm. Cinderella story. And I saw some Yankee fans like, oh, who cares? Tired of hearing about this guy. I'm like, come on, you creeps. Have a heart. So he's not the future of the franchise, but 27 years old, and maybe he has a career as a backup infielder. That'd be cool. I mean, he's in good. Major League Baseball. He's shown some defensive flashes for sure. I mean, I think that's why they're keeping around. You got to... Got to hit a little bit better than 141, but still. Yeah. Flash the leather, baby. All right. Ready to bet? What? First of all, are you betting the game today? Detmers, uh, it's 105 each way. I like Kluber in Tampa. I haven't fired on it yet. I was waiting to lose my first game of the day. I did. Thank you. Gambling gods. Who'd you at? What'd you? Um, You know, I was. uh, We want Oakland? I can't. I can't. I can't. Get straight on which sucky teams I'm going to play against consistently. And I've told myself multiple times Tigers. that it's going to be Oakland. And then I I look last night and I'm like, ah, Montez is pretty solid, man. It's a good number. Six nothing. Uh, yeah, Montez is on my Didn't uh, get killed. No. But he's six nothing shutout. The problem is any Oakland pitcher, you're like, hey, is the offense going to do anything? It's bad. Uh, it is bad, but uh, you know who's worse? And even though they won, they beat up Montas a little bit and they won six nothing. Uh, the Tigers are worse. I was actually. I know they're bad. I, the other day, actually, just earlier today, I was telling Matt Humans, my co-host. You know, I don't really like watch the standings a lot, but yesterday or this morning was one of those days where I was like, "Oh, let's look at the standings. It's going on in Major League Baseball." I was like, "Oh wow, Tigers already got twenty losses." And I have an, I, I bet them under seventy-seven and a half wins. Kind of going your route of like fading the noise a little bit here. Like everybody and their mothers are like, watch out for the Tigers. Watch out for the Tigers. They got some young players. Scoobles going to be pretty good. Scoobles actually pretty good. Spencer Torkelson, watch out for this kid. He's hitting like one eighty. It's, it's it's hard to bet right now, and it's hard to read what's going on because all offenses are terrible, mm-hmm. and there are guys who are mediocre pitchers who are throwing like a two and a half ERA. So, pennant Angels right now six to one. You doing it? I already got him at twenty five to one to win the World Series, baby. Let's go. Okay. Yes, no, make the playoffs. Yes. Angels minus two twenty. Oh wow, that's pricey. <laughs> wow, minus two twenty. Yeah, that's that's pricey. I'm a yes. You never you never want to lay a price this early in Major League Baseball season on futures. You have no idea what happens when it terms of injuries or anything. And keep in mind, as excited as I am about the Angels, the other part of this is the reason why they have failed and struggled so much recently. 
Mike Trout has failed to be healthy consistently as well. Adjusted regular season wins over under 89. Wow. Overs minus 120. I would have set it at 101. Stop. <laughs> You're not, you won't bet over 89. There's no way you would bet over 89 right no, now. No. Right? No, no. no shot. All right. Football frenzy is on the way. 15 minutes away from talking to Miles Simmons as we'll get into uh, some of the players that could be available to the Raiders and the schedule release.